0: Hello, my name is Natasha nabanunga Bamblet. I'm a proud Yorta Yorta, Kurnai, Wolperi, and Awadjuri woman. And before we get started on She's on the Money podcast, I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land of which this podcast is recorded on Awadjuri country, acknowledging the elders, the ancestors, and the next generation coming through, as this podcast is about connecting, empowering, knowledge sharing, and the storytelling of you to make a difference for today and lasting impact for tomorrow. Let's get into it.
1: She's on the money. She's on the money.
0: welcome to She's On The Money, the podcast for millennials who want financial freedom. Welcome back to another one of our money diaries where I get the opportunity to talk to one of our incredible She's On The Money community members all about their journey. Let's jump straight into it because this week I got a message and it went like this. Hi V. Growing up in a barefoot investor household and studying commerce, I always thought I had a good grip on my finances. But after a bad and manipulative relationship, I was left with nothing in my bank account. After a year of living on my own, I was still struggling. So I decided to move back in with my parents and I'm feeling so many emotions. I would love to share my experience of letting go of my ego and starting again. Money diarist. I'm really excited for this one. I think this is going to be an epic money diary I hope so I'm excited to be here welcome to the show oh my gosh I'm excited to have you thank you all right let's dive straight into it the first question I always ask is money diarist if I forced you to give your money habits a grade from a through to f what would you give your money habits
1: I'm gonna say it's a solid b Solid B.
0: All right, let's learn a little bit more about it with my favorite question of all time. Money diarist, can you tell
1: me a little bit more about your money story? Sure. So, it probably would be beneficial to start from the start. Stunning. Yep. <laughs> May as well. Growing up, I was always really independent. I always had a job and I always had money coming through my bank account. So, I guess like. My attitude towards money was really relaxed because I always knew my bills were going to get paid. I was going to have another paycheck come through in the next fortnight. I felt pretty secure and pretty laid back about everything. And as well, like, yeah, in the environment I grew up in, I was super privileged. I had parents who were really into the barefoot investor. That changed their life. I have a dad for an accountant so like he is a spreadsheet king so is mine I feel like same literally same yeah and it's like every single holiday or every single expense is meticulously planned with a spreadsheet so yeah no I definitely had a wealth of resources around me and I even did a degree in commerce as well Oh, that's sexy. Yeah, yeah. Economics and finance is my thing. Who just drops that? Oh, yeah. I
0: also just did a degree in economics and finance. No biggie. (laughs) And I work in a bank. So you're surrounded by money. And then when you're bored, you're like, oh, my gosh, when I'm not surrounded by money, I'm going to listen to a money podcast. Right? I'm so I love that for you. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, so growing up and... Even now, like I just have such a wealth of resources around me and I know I'm very privileged in that respect to have that, but I always was so laid back with my finances and budgeting. I didn't really do much, if that makes sense. It just worked. Is that because your parents were good at being
0: Barefoot Investor followers or like how did that come to fruition? Was that something that they had done since you can remember or did they introduce that a little bit later in life? Like what did that look like?
1: I mean, I, I won't go too far into their money story, but it really changed their world. Like from when I was younger, I didn't really know too much about it, but I definitely saw that to change their mindset growing up. So I saw this like development and change in them over the years. And yeah, I, I guess after seeing that, you know, I thought I was exactly the same and that I didn't really need to do any kind of budgeting or build up a spreadsheet or anything like that. I didn't think that that was necessary because I had all these resources And that kind of makes sense because once you have been taught
0: like a structure and you have a solid framework and you kind of work towards that and that's just kind of your default, which it's not for many, right? If that's your default, you're kind of like, well, why would I do a budget? Because I already have a really good handle of what's coming in and what's going out because that's just how I work. Like it's uncommon. It's very sexy, my friend, but it's one of those things where you're like, I don't know why I need a budget. And then other people who might be in mountains and mountains of Debt, go, what do you mean you don't know if you need a budget or not? Of course you need a budget. But it's all these different experiences where, yeah, I find it really cool that you grew up with the barefoot method because it is such a tried and true method of just going, okay, well, this amount goes here and this amount goes there. And you don't have to meticulously track it each and every single day or even each month, but it mm-hmm. can just work. Is that still how you work when it comes to money?
1: Definitely not. I'm definitely in a discovery phase I'd say of what works and what doesn't and actually being open to different resources to try figure out what am I like working towards and how can I get there with something that works for how I operate I guess yeah.
0: Now this is a really pointed question because please don't get me wrong I actually really like the barefoot method but I find it was written for a demographic of people that are not you. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. You look young and quite early in your journey. And I feel like the barefoot method was really written for people who potentially are already parents, who have the goal of owning their own home and paying it off before retirement and retiring comfortably, maybe with a pension, because obviously that's part of the barefoot journey. If you can get that, then that is kind of helpful. But I find from my experience within the She's On The Money community, those buckets and the percentages just don't work for our community in the same way that they might work for a different generation, which doesn't mean they're wrong. It just means we might want different things. Is that where you're finding, I guess, things starting to come to a grinding halt or like what's prompting you to want different resources?
1: Yeah, I mean, I tried this method or my version of this method because I had a bit of an ego so I kind of half did it and it just wasn't working I wasn't seeing results for me and then I went through a pretty rough relationship where I just used all my buckets because I thought that you know if there's still money coming through the door I can just replenish the bucket if that makes sense. Like next fortnight, I'll just, you know, cover what I took out of that bucket and it'll all be okay.
0: And how did that end up impacting your decision to move back in? Financially, things weren't going well. Can you tell me a bit more about that? And I guess how that plays into your money story?
1: Yeah, of course. So, When I left that relationship, I moved into an apartment on my own and I thought, okay, great, finally I'm not tied to that anymore. I can save, I can have full autonomy of my my money. And, you know, I lived there for a year and I just found out very quickly that I was spending a lot of money to kind of instantly satisfy myself and that instant gratification. And that I actually wasn't saving very much at all in fact very little and I was looking at the rent prices and like I could afford $150 extra than what I was paying before but should I like that was the question and so yeah I had a chat with my parents and just decided that it'd be best if I you know move back home have have a bit of time to settle and really reevaluate what i want to do what what are my goals those big questions i love that
0: can you tell me a little bit more about what you do for work and how much money you earn i know you dropped just before i work in a bank but i'm <laughs> going to need more than that babe <laughs>
1: of course of course so i'm a credit risk analyst for a bank and i earn about 82000 plus a bonus once a year and that's depending on performance
0: Ooh, how good's that! What does a bonus often look like? Is that like a thousand dollars, or is it you know more than that, or is it like fifty bucks and a gift card and a well <laughs> done, you know? Because they're different levels, my friend.
1: Fair, fair. I'd say it's between a thousand to ten thousand pre-tax before.
0: Oh, very nice. Just yeah. depending on performance of the company and your performance and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. How fun. All right. I want to know, obviously, you've moved back in with your parents to like reestablish your goals and work out what you're actually going to do and what is important to you. But do you have a big money goal? If so, what is it? What are we working towards?
1: Yeah. So probably in the short term, paying for dental work, that's expensive. So saving up for a lot of dental work that I've wanted to get done for ages and doing a bit of travel as well but long-term we're still in the discovery phase of what I want to achieve. So watch this face.
0: I love that. Dental work is honestly so expensive. Like I feel like people look at me and they go, Victoria, you wouldn't have needed significant dental work, but I did. And it cost literally tens of thousands of dollars. And I'm still looking in the mirror being like, kind of same though. Like I don't know where we're going with this. It's so expensive. Is this something that's going to cost you two or 10 or 20 grand? What are we saving up for here?
1: I'm estimating around seven at the moment. Yeah. It's so expensive. And I don't know how much I'm going to get back on from like private health cover, but
0: Yeah. Saving for that. It all adds up. All
1: right. I've got heaps of questions.
0: Let's go to a really quick break. And on the flip side, I want to know about your investments. I want to know about debt. I want to know about best and worst money habits. Guys, don't go anywhere. All right, Money dearest, we are back and I am really enjoying this. I feel like I can really connect with you because the second you said, I have an accountant as a dad and he's obsessed with spreadsheets. I was like, yeah, babe, same, same. Like if anything happens in my life, my dad's like, oh yeah, we can make a spreadsheet for that. That's no worries. Like we can work it out. I talk about my house renovations. He's like, oh, can I see the spreadsheet for that? I talk about, you know, potentially having babies. He's like, are you tracking all of that? Yeah, of course I am. Don't worry, dad. Don't worry. I've got you. So I want to know about investments. If you grew up in a barefoot investor household, you would know that Scotty Pape loves a bit of an index fund. Are you investing? If so, what in? If
1: not, what are your thoughts? I'm actually not currently investing at the moment, and it's probably for a reason that not many people would experience. With my job, we're actually considered privileged in terms of information. So if anyone doesn't really know what that means, it means that the information that I get to hear is quite influential in terms of the stock market. So anything that I invest in, if I invest in something a bit sus, it could be considered inside trading, which is very bad. So the reason I haven't invested yet is because all of my investments would be tracked and I'd actually have to get approval from HR before I do anything. So it's like another barrier for investing. It's not because I don't want to, it's just because I don't want to go through that process. That's absolutely
0: fair. I have had a couple of friends in that situation and I found that their favourite way of, I won't say getting out of it, but just circumventing how complex that can be is going with an ETF or a managed fund or something where it's kind of the decision-making process is out of your hands. It's not you going and buying individual shares. But if you want to have a coffee and a chat later and you want to tell me all of the top secret information that you have, I'm so down for that. And I promise (laughs) I'll cross my fingers and put them under the table now. I won't do anything with the information.
1: It might be the last coffee I have, Victoria. (laughs) I mean. Maybe worth it for me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I kid, I kid. I wanna know about debt now. Tell me, are you in debt? If so, what for? And if not, have you been in debt before?
1: Uh, Yeah, I did have a car loan, which I paid off about a year ago. So that was seven grand. I was really happy when I did that. Such an accomplishment. It feels good, hey? The second you get rid of it, you're like, yes. (laughs) And I can finally appreciate my car. Yeah, it it
0: doesn't feel like a debt when you get into it. You're like not feeling as though, oh,
1: this is lording over me. Yeah, yeah. Um, But other than that, I just have my hex debt remaining, which is 32 grand.
0: And is this because you grew up in a household where debt was not something that you took on or is this just, you know, it never came up or I want to know a bit more about, I guess, the decision-making process because as you said before, you were like, oh, I have, you're acknowledging I have so many resources and I'm really privileged and I feel like that's an epic position to be in. But I also have a sneaky feeling that means you knew about debt before it could get you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I feel okay about debt, but in the right way. I know that if I had a credit card, I would spend all that money. I just know that about myself now. And I've seen others in my circle of influence who've, you know, had access to debt and really it just not end well for them. So I'm a little bit apprehensive when it comes to loans now. I really consider every option before going down the debt route just because I've seen how bad it can get with some of my friends.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. All right, I want to know, because I feel like you've given some pretty good money habits thus far, but what do you think your best money habit
1: is? Oh, yeah, my best money habit is I don't do cash. You don't do cash? I don't do cash. And what happens is if I'm, say, I shouted my mate a coffee and she hands me a $5 note as, you know, payment, I won't use that $5 note. I'll just put it in a little piggy bank that I have at home and I'll just cover the cost of that coffee. And then what
0: do you do with the money in a piggy bank, though? I need to know. There's so many questions. They're not answered. It's just an
1: emergency fund. It's just I I let it sit there. If it gets to about $500, I'll put it in the bank.
0: Oh, how good. Yeah. And how often does that happen? Like how often are you collecting cash that you refuse to spend?
1: I'd say like probably once a month, I mean, it comes and goes like Christmas time when I have, say, cash from the grandparents. Yeah, that adds up quickly. Yeah, exactly. Or if I'm selling something on Marketplace, you'll get handed cash. And yeah, I just, I don't use it and I'll cover the cost.
0: I love that. I wish you could teach me that as a a habit. I have this massive toxic trait where if someone hands me cash, I'm like, that's free money. (laughs) That's free money. I don't have it. And if I spend it, my bank account does not go down. $20 on fishbowl. Yeah, that's fine. It was free. (laughs) That's absolutely fine. I'm shouting everybody coffees. Yeah, if I have cash, I will literally waste it. So if you give me cash, it's like the most toxic thing ever. I would never work well on those envelope systems that people have because I'd be like, well, now I've just got a heap of envelopes full of free money. I'm just going to spend it. Useless, absolutely useless. Um, That's my toxic trait, but I need to know yours. What is your worst money habit, my friend?
1: (laughs) My toxic trait is definitely that instant gratification spending. Like, I get so excited. If I find one pair of pants, I have to buy three. If there's a 50% off sale, I have to spend $400. It's bad, (laughs) but I'm getting better and I at least can identify that it's bad spending. And now I'm slowly trying to reduce that.
0: I feel like I can really relate to you. If there is something that I love, like you said before, a pair of pants and they come in other colours, I'll convince myself I need them even if I don't wear those colours. Oh, yeah. I'll be like, these are the best pants in the entire world. You know what they'll be better in? Beige. Stunning. Oh, my (laughs) gosh. I love that so much. I feel like I have learned a heap about you and what you've gone through. And I kind of love that you grew up as a barefoot investor kid, but you're also like, I still am not sure what is going on when it comes to money. (laughs) I want to know now, at the start of this, you told me that you were a B. You said, I rate my money habits a B. But then I feel like you've just got this epic amount of self-reflection and you've been able to put, you know, you said you had an ego. I have not picked up on that at all. Maybe I think you're just deciding that you've got an ego. Because if anyone in this conversation has an ego, babe, it's me. I'm sorry. And there's not enough room in this conversation for both of us to have one. But I feel like you've just gone through so many good money habits and talking about debt and having only had your car loan, but paying that off and this massive decision to move back in with your parents. Cause even though that can be a massive struggle, it's obviously, you know, a step backwards to go two, three, five, ten steps forwards in the future. And even though you're not super clear on what your big money goal is right now, I feel like whatever it is, is going to be so much more achievable now because of the past work that you've done. Do you think now, having had this conversation, that you're a bee when it comes to money?
1: Oh, I think... Maybe a B plus. I think you have inflated my ego, even if you're not picking up on it. Thank you very much. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. You're ordering. Queen supporting Queens, thank you. Yeah, I think maybe a B plus, like I said, I still I'm in a very discovery phase of what I'm trying to achieve. And at least now that I have the breathing space to figure that out, the grade will go up. I definitely believe the grade will go up in the foreseeable future.
0: What steps do you think you would have to take to get to an A plus? What would that actually look like? Is that more around goal setting or is that more around, I guess, actual financial change?
1: Yeah, I definitely want to unlearn my spending behaviours because right now it's still very much that instant gratification. So I'm in the process of unlearning that and learning to not get that excitement of um purchasing things and getting really excited for two seconds so that definitely and also having a long-term savings goal I have some short-term ones but having like smart long-term goals love all
0: right oh my gosh unfortunately that is all we have time for today but money diarist it has been an absolute pleasure getting to know you and learn a little bit more about your story i feel like it might give some other people a lot of permission to maybe make similar decisions that put themselves in the best possible financial position even if it means putting your ego aside for a moment
1: yeah definitely
0: thank you so much for coming on
1: thanks victoria
0: The advice shared on She's on the Money is general in nature and does not consider your individual circumstances. She's on the Money exists purely for educational purposes and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the PDS, TMD, and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored towards your needs. Victoria Divine and She's on the Money are authorised representatives of Money Sherpa PTY LTD ABN 321 649 27708 AFSL 451-289.